Hi, this is Brent Barber, the founding director of the Bicycle Film Festival, and this is Resonance FM. Ride on until the break of dawn, because you don't stop. Uh-uh. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. My name's Jack Thurston. This is The Bike Show. And today we're going to be asking, how are you feeling? How are those aches and pains? How's that cyclist's body? What are our bodies? How do they work? How do they work when we're thinking about riding our bicycles? We've not been riding our bicycles very much these last few days in the snow. Maybe you've even fallen off. Anyway, we're going to be talking about well-being on the bicycle. Just a few minutes. But I left it on my own, or so it seems I've got to leave before I start to scream But someone locked the door and took the key Are you feeling high? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good myself, yeah, yeah Are you feeling high? That when I think of you, I start to cry But I can't waste my time, I got to keep my eyes dry I gotta stop believing in all of your lies Cause there's too much to do before I die Are you feeling alright? Oh yeah I'm feeling pretty good myself, yes I am Are you feeling alright? Feeling pretty good myself, yes I am. Oh. Mm. Well, here in the studio with me to talk about well-being, to talk about how to keep well on the bicycle, um, I have a physical therapist, physio, Michael Krebin. Good evening. Good evening, and Rebecca Bogue, who is a cycling yogi and teaches what sounds like to me the, the perfect course, which is a. Uh, course in a class in um, yoga for cyclists so welcome to the show Rebecca thank you how are you feeling have you come on both come on your bikes I did, yep. yep and it must be kind of in your I mean you've got kind of professional obligation I suppose to uh, to be healthy exhibits <laughs> otherwise people aren't gonna, aren't gonna right to be role models follow follow what you say is it's that been right a good Christmas though it's been a good what's a good Christmas a good Christmas is a Christmas of indulgence um, of uh, yeah, having a good time and uh, filling up, fueling up for the uh, the year ahead. So, do you think? I mean, do you think there's something about January where we where we kind of take a look at ourselves and and kind of think about our bodies and you know what we're going to do this year and how well we're feeling? Is that, the exercise classes are always full in January? Is that right? Well, yeah. Apart from lots of ice and snow, <laughs> that's not helped. No, no. But in general, it's a time. It's a good time. I mean, I, I wanted been wanting to do this sort of well-being uh, show for a while now, and I thought it was going to have to be January time because if it was going to be just before Christmas, it'd be too depressing. It's, it's a time of new beginnings. Um, everyone turns a leaf, makes new promises, and uh, yeah, start to think more about their health and their well-being. Okay, well, let's let's start with a bit of the 
the mechanics of the human body and the bicycle um, with a bit of anatomy and, and how they interact. Michael, you specialise in, in doing physio for all kinds of athletes, I Correct. suppose, but also, but, but you've got a kind of special, yeah, specialism I mean, in cycling as well. I'm a keen cyclist myself and have an interest in treating cyclists and advising cyclists um, in uh, various, various locations. Now, a lot of people come in perhaps misguided or with their own opinions and their own thoughts about their own, uh, their own bodies. They may have had diagnoses in the past or they've spoken to friends or they've been on Google. Um, and, uh, a lot of what we do is often about changing misconceptions and ideas. In terms of the body as a machine, um, it's quite important to consider how we move and how we work. Now, I'd say the majority of things that I will see cycle-related, um, apart from backs, necks and arm problems, would be in the lower limb, so in the legs. Um, some people will come in with hip complaints, and just to go through the anatomy of the lower limb, where your leg meets your body would be your hip joint. If we go down towards the foot, the next bending part would be your knee. Below that would be your ankle and then some small joints down in the foot. Now, any of those points could be affected um, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, predominant problems that we will see will be imbalance issues. So some muscles which connect around the joints and help the leg to move, they will be too tight or too weak. Um, will not have the endurance they require to do long rides. So at this time of year, people are getting back on the bikes, putting in some distance, getting ready for the summer, and perhaps haven't maintained their fitness or their flexibility through the winter months. In terms of the muscles that we see, um, the muscles at the front of the leg would be your quadriceps muscles. They help to straighten your knee. The hamstrings are on the back of the thigh, help to bend the knee. Um, they're often quite tight and a lot of cyclists, particularly male cyclists, um, that can have an effect on the hips and the back by, by stopping movements that are required in the body um, and coming down lower. So is this people having like too strong muscles in some parts of their body that just pulls everything out of exactly. whack? Exactly. If you're because, I mean, what happens, what happens when you're regularly doing the same kind of repetitive exercise? Because, you know, when you're on a bike, you know, you, you are just, you're pedaling. It's quite, it's not like... Um, a very v varied motion is it no. it's just kind of the same thing again and again and is that is that what causes the over strengthening the body doesn't like to do the same thing for too long or too much of the same thing now a cyclist cycling at good cadence doing about 80 revolutions per minute so 10 minutes that's 800 revolutions of the knee and the hip and the ankles all moving together continually and what you'll get is an overload of those muscles and those joints. And if they're not able to tolerate that overload, you will then start to get some changes. Um, beyond that, you may then get symptoms and pain, and then you would seek some advice. And that's typically what we see. So for someone who's on their bike a lot, their quadriceps will be working continually. Their hamstrings will be working intermittently. If they're clipped into pedals, they're working a little bit more often to help with the upstroke of the pedals or pulling the foot back up to the body. And if the hamstrings are too tight, as I mentioned, and the quadriceps may be too loose or, again, too tight due to overuse, the body will adapt to its demands. If it needs to be stretched, it will stretch, and if it needs to be stronger, it will strengthen. But it has to be done in a guided way, otherwise you'll, you'll get an overload, which is the body can't manage, and then you start to get some problems. So what are the kind of common symptoms? People often come in with um, pain in the buttocks, pain in the low back, um, just above the buttocks and in the hamstrings as well. They're quite typical of people that may have perhaps too long a reach on the bike or the saddle is too high. Um, they're overextending their knees and if their hamstrings are too tight, it will pull on the buttocks and pull on the back. 
So it has a knock-on effect. And so, Rebecca, what have you observed with people coming to uh, to your yoga class who are cyclists? I mean, you, you advertise it for cyclists. Are they different? I mean, do you need to have a separate <laughs> class for cyclists? Um, yes, I often get asked this, and uh, and in fact, there's no oh closer. Just yeah, in front. Of, just take a step back. Yeah, maybe pick up some headphones if you can. Okay. The class that we do, it's not that I um, that I make specific exercises special for cyclists. Um, the idea being that yoga has, um, in some cases, people say hundreds, thousands, millions of different postures. Um, so I just choose the postures that are most likely to balance out the very imbalanced activity that is cycling. So um, as you said, it's obviously it's a very repeated exercise all the energy is channeling in one specific direction at all times. So the idea is to choose postures that um, counterbalance all of that stuff. And so do you think that cyclists are find some things harder that, than, than the kind of Joe public because, because their bodies have developed in a different way? <laughs> yes, definitely. So what kind of things? Um, well, one area that gets very, very tight, um, in fact, much tighter, actually, than hamstrings. People often talk about tighter hamstrings, but is, in fact, all the muscle groups around the hip. So um, around the top of the thigh and the hip. So those get shorter, um, the hip flexors, basically. Those get shorter. And obviously, the, the quadriceps, as Michael mentioned, get very overdeveloped. So it's stretching that. And, um, yeah, and we have a few postures um, where we put the cyclists into and... There is much grimacing in a big way. <laughs> so, yes. so when people are cycling, what should they be thinking about, you know, when they're listening to their bodies so they don't end up with kind of pain um, when they, come, you know, they end up coming to you? Uh, I would say treat your body like you treat your bicycle, provided you treat your bicycle well. Um, now, with regards to that, the flexibility would be like lubricating your chain. If it's not ready to move, it's going to be stiff. You're going to get resistance. It's not going to be an easy ride. Um, the key thing, I think, would be alignment and thinking about the forces. You're pushing down through a, a fixed platform around a, a circular motion. And quite often, as I mentioned, the imbalances, people's hips and knees and the musculature won't be able to control that direction very well. An easy thing, listeners at home, what you can do is have a stand up um, and just stand on one leg for a second. First of all, see if you can hold that position and now try and bend your knee so you're doing a squat on one leg and have a look and see which direction your knee goes in. Quite often it will go inwards, um, <clears throat> which can suggest some, some weakness in certain locations around those joints that we've mentioned. If you're on your bike continually doing that, that activity, you'll then sort of understand how some areas become more stressed than others. And Rebecca, have you got tips for, for listening to the body? Um, lots. I think the minute you have any sort of niggle, I mean, ideally you want to avoid it. And alignment is, is definitely the best possible way. So if you can get your back in the right place and your legs in the right place and your hips not shifting or rocking from side to side, that's definitely the key. But with any niggle, kind of investigate pretty much immediately. More often than not, it's just um, bike positioning. You know, the seat position is responsible for so many um, hideous things. But um, let's say you've got your bike in, you know, premium position and you absolutely know that then it's about figuring out um, where the pain is coming from the great thing about yoga is it just brings a lot of body awareness generally so you don't necessarily focus on exactly where the pain is um, but maybe it might be something you know do something to do with something else if your knee is hurting 
More often than not, it's to do actually with possibly something that's going on in the hip, etc. Okay, well, we've got a few um, responses to a tweet that went out on the bike show's Twitter um, uh, last week and, and again this morning saying, you know, let's hear your aches and pains and we'll put them to the pros and um, we'll come back with, with some of those queries and questions just, uh, just after this. Let's go through some of these um, some of these queries. Um, we've got um, Patrick Ducey over in, in Ireland asking about um, Achilles, hip flexors, which we've kind of mentioned a little bit, um, core strength, and is sacroiliac important? Who's going to dive into that? Is that one query from That's one, one query. That's one in, in like 140 characters? So we're looking at about five different issues All there, right, well, pick, Patrick. Pick, pick one out of that. Um, let's go with the hip flexors. I think they're more commonly seen and will apply to more people. So the muscles at the front of the leg, right at the top, which help to lift your leg up towards your body. So okay. flexion being lifting upwards towards your body of the hip. Um, you're seated on a bike in a very, very flexed position. Those muscles have to work in that position, so they adapt and shorten. So they work optimally in flexion. Um, the flip side of that, the muscles at the back of you are then lengthened. They have to get longer and they work optimally in that position. So if we take you off the bike and take you for a run, you'll probably find you cannot extend your hip very well. Your hip can't go backwards very well and things are tight at the front and you get a lot of strain. So that's one of your issues there. Okay. Okay, you want to have to deal with one of those? Yeah, core strength, which I think actually links a lot of these things. Um, and one um, which is very much lacking actually in a lot of cyclists because we rely so heavily on anything below the waist to do all the work, so the glutes and the thighs. So all the supporting muscles around the abdomen and the back often get forgotten a little bit. And then we have a lot of tension up in the shoulders, um, which then causes lots of problems in the neck. And in the lumbar spine, everything gets very tight. So the more you can strengthen the core, 
the less problems you're going to have pretty much all round, actually. Okay, and how about numb hands? I don't know whether this is the the cold, but I've certainly had that um, after very after a very long ride, feeling like I was getting kind of weird tingly yeah. sensations in my in my you know the little finger and the next finger on both hands, or actually one hand particularly. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think I'm assuming that's a, a nerve thing, really, and uh, you know, there's two kind of bumps on your hands. And you sort of want to keep the pressure there, the kind of little valley in between. If you sort of think of the heel of the hand, contains a lot of nerve-like things. And, of course, when we get tired, we start to put way too much pressure into the handlebars. Ideally, you know, we're playing the playing the handlebars like a piano, <laughs> which doesn't happen once you've done 100-odd miles, obviously. So. And, and is that also a little bit to do with the height of the kind of relative to the saddle handlebar height? Because you, you see all these people going around town on these pursuit bikes. If your seat's too high, crazy angle. Um, you'll have more reach. So you're, you're loading more on the front end of the bikes, on the handlebars. Um, the issue that's been mentioned there is an ulnar nerve entrapment, uh, neuropathy at the wrist. Um, so it's generally the little finger and half of the ring finger will go tingly and it's normally on the long bumpy rides if that is the case um, good flexibility in the forearm is very important as is sort of padding and offloading and often you can detect when it's coming on so if you can offload it and stop the symptoms from coming on generally they're irreversible unless you're on the bike every day for excessive long hours and what about stretches you know, yoga's got a lot of stretches in, and, I, and, and every time I've been to a physio, they've, I've come away with a, like a sheath full of paper of stretches that invariably be done for about three days and then kind of left on the mantelpiece and then kind of embarrassingly put in the recycling. And then you come back again for some more treatment because you've <laughs> lost your stretches and forgotten to do them. So come on, let, you know, if if, and if we're going to have to pare it down to something that's manageable, what are we going? I mean, apart from coming along to your course, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> Um, well, I think certainly a sun salutation in yoga, um, which is really quite easy to learn um, and it's dynamic. So it's moving all the time. So you're not isolating one particular group of muscles. You're exercising the whole lot. So they're working simultaneously. And a lot of it deals with stretching out all the very commonly tight areas. So namely all the front of the chest. So you know, if you think of the sort of typical prawn sort of cyclist posture, you're basically opening and, and reversing it. So you're kind of getting radiating sort of energy really out. So I'd certainly suggest that um, as... And that's before a going for a going, rounder. That's, that's before going for a ride. Or? Brilliant before rider because it's also a warmer upper as well as an open. And also every time you do it in repetition. So the first couple of times you do it, obviously it's going to feel very stiff. You don't force anything. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And uh, so yeah. I mean, I see some weird and wonderful stretches in clinic. Um, sometimes an elite level cyclist, you know, can you show me how you would stretch your gluteals, your buttock muscles, and some weird and wonderful positions on the bed and the floor and chairs and things. Um, a muscle needs to adapt to its length. So to, to stretch it effectively, it needs to be generally sustained. There are different ways of stretching muscles depending on their requirements. But around three lots of 30 seconds, that's quite a long time, um, longer than a lot of people would think, is required to actually elongate the fibres in your muscles and stretch them. And that needs to be done regularly. Once a week, pre-ride isn't really sufficient if you want to get sort of long-term gains and reduce your injury risks. Is it more important before or after or during? I mean? There's no evidence to say that the stretch before the ride will reduce your injury. Um, a good warm-up is essential, and I would always incorporate stretching with that and advise my patients to do the same. 
Um, what is better is long-term daily stretches. Um, so you've got a good background flexibility. So, I mean, this all kind of makes a lot of sense for people who are seeing themselves and their cycling as a kind of athletic thing. So, you know, they've got togged up and, and they're thinking about it and then maybe they've got a heart rate monitor on and they're timing themselves and counting the kilometres and, you know, emulating the heroes. But, you know, for a daily commuter who, you know, falls out of bed, grabs something to eat and then is like on the bike, but maybe maybe up for, you know, up to 10 miles or, or something like that. It's quite common each way. Are there different pathologies for, for sort of daily cyclists or, or do you think maybe daily cyclists actually are healthier because, you know, it's a bit more moderate? I think they just require less overload to maybe cause some symptoms because their body isn't used to that activity. So if someone gets up, especially in this weather, nice and cold, if they've got a pair of shorts on and they struggle into town on a really sort of high gear ratio, um, taking off from the lights, they might get some niggles behind the kneecap at the front of the knee, get into work, have a sit down maybe at a desk for a couple of hours and then get up to move. And that's generally when they'll start to say this is really uncomfortable. Yeah, so w- what's the behind the knee thing? Because I've heard quite a lot about that, the sort of pain behind the knee. Yeah, Where does that come um, from? anterior knee pain is its umbrella term, um, which is what it says on the tin really. Um, a lot of reasons why you will get it, but generally there'll be some irritation of the cartilage um, behind the kneecap where it articulates, where it joins and moves between the end of the thigh bone and if you've got any imbalances, the loading will be abnormal in that joint. And it generally just causes some irritation. Um, and that's when you start to get the symptoms at the front of the knee. OK, well, let's turn now to kind of our, you know, in the last uh, five or so minutes, we've got to chat about this. There are sort of ideal New Year's resolutions. What should we be thinking about doing? Joining your class, evidently. <laughs> first first thing. Well, Where, where's that take place and, and, and what, what should people think about doing? I mean, if they can't make it, because you're, you're your class up in the Roman road, isn't it? Yeah, it's at um, Body Wise. But I think I would say anything really that works for you, as long as, as Michael pointed out, it works for you that you're going to do it regularly and you're not going to just put it in your recycling box or whatever, you know. Um, and that's one of the advantages of yoga. Um, it's often not easy when you first do it, actually. A lot of people find it quite tricky and um, because there's a whole uh, breath thing that's sort of quite important. And But it's often very addictive, and that's the great thing. Once you've got someone addicted to it, then they're doing it at home by themselves, and they get to know their body so well. So that's the most important thing, I'd say, is just find anything. If you've got any kind of niggle, anything that feels uncomfortable on the bike, and, you know, we are aware of that as cyclists. We may not be aware of why, but just find something, whether it's yoga or Pilates or, you know, you've got good physiotherapy exercises, whatever, but some find something that you enjoy and you can do regularly without kind of, you know... I mean, if, if you came to see me with a niggle, um, I'm seeing a lot of people at the minute who are getting ready for the season, um, sportives or going abroad, different things, um, is really for what we will do is have a look at sort of the ins and outs, the intricacies of these little movements we've talked about and see where we can effect some change so that your your technique is optimal, really. In terms of the New Year's and do, resolution... And do you deal with bike fit as well? We do bike fits as well at my clinic. Um, I'm based in Kentish Town with a larger group called Complete Physio. Um, we've got five clinics across London, but I'm based in Kentish Town. Um, so we will bike fit people. Um, we'll also give them a sort of an MOT, if you like, um, for runners, cyclists, various various athletes. And in terms of what they need to take away, it's something that's graded and applicable to them. So the programme's going to be individualised. It's not going to be a handout from the internet. It's going to be for them for their specific needs and in terms of anything you take on in January make sure it's manageable 
that it fits into your schedule, then it's not considered a chore. And then it's going to be done more often and, and it will be enjoyable and put into your, your routine. So tell us some greatest stories of uh, or one or two um, people who've you know come in and you've kind of turned, really turned things around for them. Fix them around. Um, a lot of cyclists actually will come in having tried something else. They might do the marathon with good baseline fitness. Um, they've struggled through the, with the running for reasons we've mentioned already. And they come in after the marathon with hideous knee pain, <clears throat> unable to cycle. Um, and getting them back on the bike can take quite a long time sometimes if they've got a lot of irritation in their joints. Um, reduced body awareness, as Rebecca mentioned, is essential. Um, turning people around, I wouldn't say we turn them around, we keep them going. I'd like to see people sooner rather than later, when they're still on the bike but maybe with some issues, rather than having stopped completely. But it does happen, and we get them back on. And Rebecca, star pupils? <laughs> um, well, there is one student who's grown two inches. <laughs> what? You, know, you wait till the last three minutes to talk about that one. Come on, quick. All right, go on, tell us how that um, Well, no, I mean, obviously, he obviously always had that height, but the, the cyclist, you know, upper back hump was quite severe, as it is in, in a lot of cyclists, actually commuters or semi-professional. And, uh, and after a year of yoga, the hump is gone. And uh, he's now two inches taller and he can see lots of things that he couldn't see before. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yoga for cyclists with Rebecca Bogue and um, physical therapy um, with Michael Krebin. I will put details where you can find both of this week's guests um, in, in real life rather than hearing them on the radio on the website, which is www.thebikeshow.net. So thanks very much for coming in and I wish you a very good 2010. And um, that's about all we've got time for now. Uh, Next up is One Life Left. Thanks for listening to The Bike Show. Bye. Some people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood, skin and bone A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load a 16 ton and water you get Another day older and deeper in death St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning when the sun didn't shine I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine I loaded 16 ton on number nine coat Strong bars and said I went and did not so You loaded 16 ton and only you get them Another day older and deeper in the St. Peter, don't you call me cause I, I can't go I owe my soul to the company store I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain Fighting and trouble on my middle name I was raised in the Cambridge by an old mama lion Can't know a hot corner woman make me Another day older and deeper in debt St. Peter, don't you call me cause I, I can't go I owe my 
sold to the company store If you see me coming better step aside A lot of men didn't A lot of men died I got one fist of iron The other of steel If the robber don't get to them They left a wheel You know that's sexy tongue And what do you get Another day older And deeper in death St. Peter don't you call me Cause I can't go I owe my soul To the company store. 